Welcome to Lexi's Lounge, your home for mind, body, business, and marketing. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Nem Skarm, who's an award-winning artist manager. And we are chatting all things facing rejection and building long-lasting relationships in life and business. So without further ado, let's get started. What is up? Nems. Well, uh, Alexi or Lexi, as I know you as Alexi, Alexi with the A, but now you're Lexi. Why don't you tell me what's going on with that? Oh my God. I honestly cannot even keep it straight myself because I'm like, okay, I call myself Lexi, but whenever I talk about myself online, I put Alexi, but I never refer to myself as Alexi. If I do, it's like my name's Alexi, but I call myself Lexi, but I put out there, Alexi. I don't know. I can't keep it straight, but I have Googled myself recently. This is completely off topic. What we're going to be talking about, but I found myself in features under Mm -hmm. Alexi. But then when I type in Lexi, there's so many more people. So I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to keep it me and real and whatever, I'm going to be Alexi online, but I'll say, hello, I'm Lexi. It's informal. So call me Lexi. Right. I, you know, when I first met you, um, Alexi, that's how I remembered you though, because, you know, you meet a lot of people in this business, in the events world, and you got to have, a, you, you're, you have to be memorable. And that is, that is so huge. And having not only your niche, but you have to be mem- memorable. Like my real name is Anemone, blue, teal before I got married. So yeah, that's my full name. Now, anemone is okay. I get it. People go, well, uh, it's memorable, but then they can't remember what it is and they can't say it. Nobody can say it. Um, kids do a way better job than, than adults. But I went to, uh, right when I moved to Washington um, in like 92, I went to NEMS. And um, that was something my grandma called me because uh, she couldn't say it either. And so she asked my mom, can we call her Anne? And my mom said, no, her name's not Anne. It's Anemone. And she said, well, I'm calling her Nems. And so Nems it was. And it's just a family name that I've always had. She even called me Nemos, not Nemo, but Nemos. And it's funny that Nemo came out later and like, you know, lives in a sea anemone. And um, so it was a little foreshadowing there. But like I said, with your name, Alexi is memorable. Nobody has Alexi. They have Alexis. They have Alexa. Oh, my Alexis is going to go off. But Alexi, everybody there's a lot of people that are lexi so let them call you lexi but alexi is 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 what i remember you by well there's an intro for the both of us so nems thank you so much for coming on lexi's lounge i'm bringing something to the table here this would have this is um ryan reynolds gin and um you know i have never drank gin before that and liked it um not even sure if i like this but I do love me some Ryan Reynolds, so I'm going to drink his gin. You know what I'm saying? He's he's amazing because why? Because humor is attractive, even though he's attractive. Humor is attractive. Absolutely. I have some infusions. Ooh, watermelon and mint. Okay, that makes the best salad, by the way. That looks amazing, actually. Here on Lexi's Lounge, we got a. I know. You have to have a drink. So you have a shot, I have a shot, but it's in a pretty glass, you know what I'm saying? Yours is pretty too. Cheers, cheers. Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> that tastes like Van Wilder. Oh, I don't even know what that is. What? 
Yeah, what is watch that? that movie? You better watch that movie, Van Wilder. Like right when we get off this podcast, you better go watch Van Wilder. Okay. Okay. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> and okay, we- will do. Okay, enough about Ryan Reynolds. Let's so, talk Nancy, about you. <laughs> well, we're talking about you because you are one of the first people that I ever met when I was working at the hotel in the events industry. I was a corporate sales manager. And one of my favorite things to do was go out to these events and in the events world, if people aren't in that realm, what it literally is, is you go to events and network. Your company pays you to go network with people, meet new people, create relationships, develop deep, deep relationships actually. And then eventually start selling from them. You create a network of people. So NEMS is one of the first people I met when I was out in this world. And I was, I was, I'm an ambivert. I would say I'm, I like to be to myself. I'm introverted, but I'm also... Repeat that word. Ambivert. Is that a word? Yes, it is. Okay. So is it the introverts that pretend to be the extroverts? Exactly. You're extroverted, and then you have to come home and recharge with sitting with yourself. Absolutely. Okay, I totally get that. I married that, but... I'm not that. I don't even. So that's why I draw, I clung to you because I'm like, okay, you're the person I need to guide me and Sherpa me around and introduce me to people. You're such a connector. And when we started getting to know each other more, I was like, holy smokes, this woman is amazing. You're like my mentor, my friend, my mom, my bestie, all wrapped in a package. And I just think the world needs to get to know more of NEMS. And one of the things you really said to me that stuck with me when I was first starting my entrepreneurial journey, not only were you supportive, more supportive of me than anybody I know, and you really filled me with life, but you said it's not about knowing and liking and trusting people. It's about knowing loving and trusting people or people knowing, loving and trusting you. And that really stuck with me. So can you go a little deep, deeper into that? Yes. Well, uh, you know what? Thanks a lot. You did. You almost choked me up there, but um, you know, like that's really cool to hear because when I met you, I saw myself in you when I was your age, cause I am double your age. Um, I know I don't look it, but um, I am, I don't know. I just saw, you know, with you building your house and you getting married and you're, you were pregnant at the time and you just were starting off like the, I always call this, like I'm at halftime right now, but you're starting off the first half of your life. And it just, um, it was very reminiscent about myself. And so when you connect on a, on a spirit, on a spiritual level like that with someone and you can see the light in them and some people have a light and some people don't. Um, so I love human beings. I really do. I love them all. Um, I don't like them all. Um, but I love them all because they're humans and they are who they are. But, um, when I met you, I just knew that, um, it would be a lifelong thing. It's just a feeling. And that's why you have to go to these networking events that you're paid to go to, um, to create these relationships that are, that will last. And here we are, you know, what, how many years later? on your podcast and oh my word what you've done in that time in in the the time of building your brand building your business and then helping other people oh i just love watching you so back to the no like trust that is a big saying no like trust no like trust you people do business with people who they know like and trust 
Yeah, I was sitting there going, hmm, well, there's a lot of people I like. I like a lot of um, certain vendors that are the same, but the one vendor that I will use is the one that I love. I don't know why I love them. You know, maybe they do a lot for me. Maybe, maybe we just connect on a different level, but I love them. So I'm going to use them. And that's, I guess that's my philosophy and it's worked for me. So here I am at halftime talking to you on your podcast. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it's true because on social media and just with networking in general, there's so many fish in the sea. There's so many people who teach marketing. There's so many people who, you know, open a business and have a product. There's so many people who sell iPhone cases, you know, but what's really going to differentiate you from them is that human connection point yeah. that I know them. I love them and I trust them. You know how people say, um, it's all who you know. Business is all in who you know. Uh, that's not it. It's who knows you because I know Oprah. She doesn't know me. The point is moot. Like it's flat. Like there's nothing to go from here. Now, if she knew me and she endorsed me or she wanted me, you know, whatever, she spoke highly then it might make a difference. You know, it's, it's who you, it's the impact you make on people. And, you know, when I talk about you, Alexi, <laughs> I talk about you, I talk about, you know, uh, just leaps and bounds of oodles and oogles of, I know that's good words. Um, just, I really do like spew amazing things about you when you're not around and when you don't hear them. And that's, that's, the, that's what we want. We want people to know us, but you don't go up and start talking about yourself and you don't keep going on and on about what you do and who you are and da, 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 da. You go to these events and you ask people deeply who they are in a way. Um, you know, uh, you know, you shared with me, you're newly pregnant. And then we just, oh my God, I just, my heart and I, can't wait someday to be a grandma. And then, you know, we talked about your pets and we talked about your, you know, everything. And we got to know, we didn't talk anything about business, nothing. You know, I could have cared less at that point. Then we went and did our business. And then, you know, at the, at the event we were at, and then we went back and we started talking about other things. And then we just got to know each other. And that's how we're our best, um, your person, your people that love you the most, that talk about you behind your back on the good stuff. Um, and they defend you when you're not around. If somebody were to come up to you, you know, this is another quote I love is live in such a way that if somebody spoke bad about you, no one would believe it. Because if somebody spoke bad about you, Lexi, um, I would step right in and be like, uh, we have, whoa, whoa, hello, hello. Let's stop this conversation right now. I'd stand up in a room. If somebody was on stage saying something bad about you, I would stand up and say, hold up. Because that's what, that's the key. It's not, we're not trying to get people on our side. We're trying to um, manifest who we really are and to have other people feel that. That's seriously so powerful. And I think that no love and trust factor that we started with, like our relationship is the perfect example of how that actually works and how it's real. Because you and I are both not technically in the events industry any longer i mean like you are but no i think we'll always be but but we're not 
That's yeah. true. True. But true. We're, we're both in different roles than we were when we first started. Ooh, I took my whole one. <laughs> she just took a shot if you're listening on podcast. I poured, I'm, I'm actually sipping my, um, my, my uh, martini glass. And so I kind of tried to take a shot, but I, I realized I poured like three shots in a glass. So I can't do that. Um, or I'll be puking on the podcast. So if you hear any girls or Buicks, that's me. <laughs> that's so funny. But yeah, it's, it just shows that you and I are in different, completely different industries than we were when we met now, but our relationship carried and I refer people to you and you refer people to me. And now we have this network of people that we refer to each other because of that relationship you and I built, because we built a relationship not on, oh my gosh, you have the nicest tablecloths, but oh my gosh, I remember when I was that age. Oh, I remember when I had my first son or I love doing this too. We built a personal connection and for anybody who's out there and wants to start a business or is in a business and it's kind of in the thick of it and you're like, how the heck do I move walls? How do I move these barriers? How do I break these glass ceilings? It is all about your relationships with people, not how many relationships you have, but the depth of your relationships with people. You know, and that's what I like about this conversation right now is because you'll go on, you know, other podcasts and other, other, I don't know, uh, TED talks, and you'll hear about relationship, relationship, relationship. It almost gets to be like, uh, it's too much of a, um, a cliche, you know, it's not about business. It's about relationship. We know that it's duh. But what about the depth? Like, what about not just making a relationship so you can get the business? Because you know what you're doing when you go into a room and you're like, dang, I really want them to use me and my product. Um, so I'm going to fake it. I'm going to ask about their dog and their, their, and their, their kids. And I'm going to, people can see right through you. But if you're genuine and really love people, you will succeed and especially sales, um, especially uh, we're in a business events, it, whatever that encompasses where it, it really is about people and no, you know, especially now and what's going on right now in the world. It's like, um, we need to be uh, a little more understanding. We need to understand people. Yes. And when I, when I first, um, I wrote a book a long time ago um, about like generational marketing because marketing is is uh, my jam. I've always loved it. Um, I love not having to pay an advertising dollar for anything and just um, marketing the you know what out of it. Um, I wrote about the four generations working together and that was back in 2009. And now there's like six or seven um, I think six, but working together right now and living together. And if we could just take a moment to understand each generation and how they think, it's not their personality, it's the era they grew up in. And if we could just take a moment to understand that, boy, we would like all play in the same sandbox. We would totally get along. You know, if, if, if somebody needs you to reply, via zoom or via whatever texting just try to do it understand and instead of forcing the issue that i have to email or i have to call you try try to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and that's that's what this generate these generations are all about yes i completely agree and if you've if anybody if any of you have followed me on social media for any amount of time 
you know that one of my biggest goals in life is to get people to seek to understand, not necessarily agree. Because I, here's a very extreme example. I can understand why somebody is abusive mm -hmm. to somebody. I can understand right. it. Right. I don't agree with it. Right. Well, it's good. But I can understand. That's, it's like right on the borderline there, Alexi, but you're right. You're right. You can understand why someone was abused themselves and has so much anger and why they did it. You can understand why, but you don't agree. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is it. You're not condoning it. You're not saying it's okay, but you're like, I'm, I listened to you. You know, a therapist would listen. That's where you're going to get the most power. That's when in your life, when you will be the most powerful is when you can understand how people got to where they are, whether it's good or bad. Okay. But you can understand why they are where they are and you can take any emotion and feeling out of it besides compassion. You can feel compassionate for them. Like, I cannot believe that happened to you when you were growing up. I cannot believe that this is your life now. I cannot believe, like that is so sad to me. I don't agree with the choices you're making based off your survival mechanisms or whatever's going on. I don't agree with that, but I feel for you. Like, I feel sorry for you. I don't agree with what you're doing, but I can understand what headspace you're in. A lot of times people don't even realize that they are acting out of their old traumas. Which I know, we're, it's like, it seems so extreme, but it's not. Like, it's just like if one of your children um, were to commit mur murder, like it's, it's one of your children, you'd still visit them. You'd still love them, but you would let them pay that price. You know, you, you do that. And that's a horrible example, but like, it's, the, it's so, it's shockingly true. It's about understanding and giving a little grace, grace to people. Grace saves. Especially now. Yes. Especially in the world right now, like everybody's having such a hard time. The world is rapidly changing within the last year. And I don't want to even say the P word or the C word, but in the last year, it people's livelihoods were just completely changed. What they thought was normal, the plans they made, the things they were looking forward to all got ripped away from them. There is a grieving process that has to happen with the life that you thought you were going to have to what is happening right now. There's a grieving process with everything. Yeah. It's, it's empathy. I'm a total empath and that's not woo or anything. I'm saying, um, you know, when the, the P word hit in 2020, <laughs> it's like, I, uh, went into thriver's guilt because I did really well. I did, I, I did some new things. I, I love change. That's just a part of me. Um, I found out a lot about myself. I, it was, a, it was a, it was a good year, not a great year. It was a good year, but my friends and my people in this industry, the ones, the relationships that I built were going through so much pain. Um, I couldn't talk about it myself, like about me. I, I just grieved for them. I grieved for them. And that's, I think, what we need to do is even if you are okay, it's not about going around bragging and whatever um, because your friends do want to clap for you. But it's about just being empathetic with, you know, being, not, I didn't say pathetic. I said empathetic. But <laughs> being pathetic with people because, you know, I'm always pathetic with people. So, but being empathetic 
it goes so very far right now. So, and um, somebody, let me just, somebody just literally ran, hurled and stuck on my thigh and climbed up my leg. So this is little crouton. And if you don't, if you're listening right now, this is my little eight week old um, um, <laughs> cream tabby. And <laughs> he just loves me. So he just went and he just claws his way up your leg or up your back and he just doesn't care. So here he is and he's very cute. Okay, so there. He's adorable. Oh, I'm going to take him home. I'm just, I'm going to reach through the screen right now. Oh, so cute. You know, I think this whole conversation we're having about, you know, the, the human side of people. I think this, this conversation is something that needs mm -hmm. to be had because it is applicable to your interpersonal relationships, your business, your sales, your family relationships, how you see the world, how you interact with people who think differently than you. I think this conversation is so needed and so important just to understand, seek to understand people, what they're going through. A lot of times, you know, I'm a firm believer that we are all yep. on our own paths in life. And what we tell people, what people see, what we share is just a window into what's actually going on. Because the only person who's ever been in our lives in our shoes is us. The only people who know exactly what's happening is us from birth, every step of the way until where we are right now. Mm -hmm. And other people on the outside can make their judgments of, oh, well, you should have done it this way. You should do this or that or the other thing, or you shouldn't have done that. But at the end of the day, they don't know everything about you. They don't know everything about life. They don't know everything about um, our relationships or, you know, they don't have context of everything. Our lives and how we see the world is filtered through the lens of what we've been through, how we were raised, experiences we had, our traumas that we faced. Literally, there's so many compounding factors mm -hmm. that for somebody to be on the outside and say, well, you should have done this. It's not your place ever. But how do we, this is, this is talking from, um, you know, again, you being half my age, your perspective, which you're very mature for it, but like my age, um, it still affects me is when, um, the judgment out there is, you know, we all say we don't care what people think, but we know that we do. I don't know why it's just kind of DNA. It's just kind of in us and people that say, oh, I don't give a rip. I don't care we don't know them in their dark times and when they close their eyes at night and what they're thinking and, and they're thinking, why do people think this way? You know, there's a variety of reasons, but I guess as you get older, you, um, it tones down, but it doesn't ever go away. Um, and what I got a lot of, especially in this, this time is even before this time is, is she, she does a lot of stuff. Like she's, she's like tried and failed a lot of stuff. She's, done some stuff and then she's done some other stuff. So we just don't really know what stuff she's doing. And that's kind of stuck with me. I mean, I've heard it through the grapevine. I've heard it through, um, you know, people talking and it, and it, to me, it hurts a little bit because it looks like I'm wishy-washy. Um, but what I guess what I'm not afraid to do is try everything. And if something is new and boy, I could do this, I'm going to try it. And if it doesn't work and it fails miserably, okay, crap. And then I try something else again, or I take a break and then I do some stuff and figure out what I want to do. But it appears to the outside as very wishy-washy. And I'm here to say, 
that it's hard for me, but forget that. For, yeah, I would say another F word, but I'm not. I'm going to say forget that. Um, it is, it, it is, it is your life, your path, like you were saying. And who cares if I want to become a photographer tomorrow or if I want to open a vet clinic and learn how to, I don't know, um, neuter cats. I don't know. Uh, maybe I want to. Maybe I want to um, uh, create a new gin to compete with this beautiful man. I don't know. Who cares? Why, why do you care what I'm doing? Why? Is there something in you? That's that's your thing. That's not mine. And I have to get over that because that really does get my soul at night. Yeah. There's what I've learned through what I've healed from mm -hmm. is a lot of the things that people say about you is a projection of what's going on within them. So the mm -hmm. fact that you're out here trying all these new things I'm willing to bet that these people who have something to say about what you're doing are too afraid to try it themselves. So instead of being like, oh, yeah, whatever she can do, whatever she wants, they're like, oh, she's wishy-washy. She's this. She's that. And the other thing, because putting you down makes them feel better because they know they're not going to do it themselves. They know that they don't have it in them. Right. Or as an, as an empath, as an empathic person, um, I also look at maybe they can't um, like maybe they don't have a situation where they can try something new because they got to work nine to five, make the money, you know, they're the breadwinner, they're the whatever, maybe they don't have the situation that they can just try becoming a photographer. And so that, you know, I guess that makes it not, it makes it less bitchy, you know, instead of you're just jealous or you just sit on your butt or whatever. It's, it's both. It's both. But the heart uh, in me, and I know in you, would say, I'm very fortunate to be able to try these, all these things. Very fortunate. Never take it. I never take it for granted. It does take resources, but it also takes determination and personal accountability. And it takes so, it takes a lot of mindset shifts in order to be focused enough and disciplined enough to be able to do it and tell yourself you can do it and deep down inside know that you can do it because there's a lot of inner voices that can go on whether it be like somebody who said something or something through the grapevine or just like those limiting beliefs that start festering up when you're trying something new that can prevent us from even trying but who says you can't try who says you can't have the means and i know how you feel because Actually, something that stuck with me a long time ago was I was a horrible corporate employee. Like I'm so, I'm such a bad employee. I'm a way better business owner Same. and I would get so many jobs. Like I'd be at a job for a year and I'm like, yeah, this sucks. I'm like, I don't like this, you know, but yes. re in reality, yes. I'm 25 right now. And I was trying out and seeing what I really wanted to do. You know, I wasn't really listening to my gut and seeing like what I deep down really wanted to do. But I remember one of my friends, she was like, you have another new job. She's like, I can, you have a new job all the time. And it really, it bothered me because one of the jobs I was laid off from. And I was like, I literally looked at her. I was yes. like, I was like, oh. yes, yes. <laughs> but yes. Now I don't regret that at all because 
I found what I love to do and that's what I'm doing right this second. And if I wouldn't have gone through all those experiences and realized I hate working for people, I hate being, I hate selling for somebody else. I hate showing up from nine to five every day. I hate having to ask to take vacations. I would have never gotten to where I am now because I had to have those experiences. So with you, you have to have those experiences in order to even feel what you like. There might be something you're like, huh, hey, I want to try that. And then you try it and you're like, I'm actually really good at this or the opposite. I'm actually yep. really horrible at this and move on. But yep. Yep. a lot of people bought into the narrative that we've been sold our whole life that you go to college, you get a job and we work corporate America. Nine to five, nine to five, nine to five. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully by the time you retire, you'll be making a hundred thousand a year. And then you'll have a nice little, little benefits package when you retire. Right. Right. I say, screw that. Try whatever Mm -hmm. you want, make as much money as you can give back where you can and live your damn life doing what you want to do deep down, you know, exactly what you want to do. So do Mm -hmm. it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm totally in agreement. And that's where I say you're, you're so dang mature for, you know, your, uh, your generation and you just, you get it. And I just, I love that about you, Alexei. I love that about you. Thank you. <laughs> also, um, that one of the words that um, has always affected my business and my life is the word no. Um, see, like, uh, like I say, I, my husband didn't want a cat, and I did. So we compromised and got a cat. Um, see, so the word no, I can't like, I don't know if it's my ADHD or what, but I can't really register the word no. Like I go to the store and they're out of oranges and I ask the person, where's your oranges? And they say, we're out, we don't have any more. And I'm like, well, I don't, but I don't understand. There's like oranges in the world. It's like, why don't you have oranges? And I just can't register. So what do I do? There's always a side door. There's a, there's a top hatch. There's a back door. There's a, there's a upper level. There is always another entrance to what you're not getting. Um, and you know, in sales, that's something nobody ever taught me. I just figured out it's not going over people's heads. Okay. It's maybe sometimes, but not in a way that you think it's not like when you're working at a store and, um, the manager says no, and you go to the, I don't know, the owner of the store, <laughs> and you're like, hey, we need oranges. Um, why did I pick oranges? I don't know. Um, maybe because of my cat, I don't know, is orange. But the word no is not acceptable I, in this in business, if, if that makes sense. It's not the whole no means no thing. It's the word no. You have to find another avenue. And I think that's why I've tried so many things in my life because there's going to be no regrets. That's beautiful. So I have a question The stemmed as you were talking about essentially not taking no for an answer, respectfully finding a different Avenue. How would you, what would you tell somebody who has a really hard time with rejection who, when they hear no, they're like, well, I'm done. I'm done trying. I'm a failure. They said no, and I have nothing else to do. What would you, what kind of life would you speak into these? Well, I always think about the, the typical ones you hear. Um, 
that maybe maybe some people don't know about, but like, you know, Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. Uh, Oprah Winfrey, they weren't ready for a news reporter that was um, a black woman. And they said she wasn't very good. Um, I mean, what, Henry Ford, come on, go, go. How many times did he fail? Um, I think you have to go for it and, and get the, um, and I can't remember the quote, but it's the, it's the, um, try, try, fail, try again, fail better. Um, something like that. But that's the thing is you, you have to seek the failure. You have to seek the rejection. You have to, because if you, if you're a child and you're never told you can't have that ice cream or whatever, that child would be 500 pounds. Like if you just let the world go to, you know, hell in a handbasket without, you know, there being any order, you have to seek rejection, like seek it, like go to the person. I would say you're only one client away from a millionaire. You're being a millionaire. You're only one client. That's all you need is one, one client. I'm case proof. I'm not a millionaire, but my business was. And that's what I'm saying. It's like one person go to them, ask them the hardest question. Will you buy my product in such a way? And if they say, hmm, maybe, holy moly, what have you just done to yourself? You have regenerated, renewed everything. If, if you already know they're going to say no, that word, uh, but they reject you, okay, you knew it. So go find the hardest person out there that you think would never buy from you or whatever it is you do. And ask why it doesn't hurt to ask alexi if your husband never asked you to marry him i don't know you might have asked him you might not have but he asked he could have you could have said no mm -hmm. but he went for it i mean great things happen when you're afraid yes that right there great things happen when you're afraid and i would venture to say that failure has such a stigma around it. But if you take every failure and turn it into a lesson, you learn from every failure you have, you'll be the best version of yourself. But if you sit in that failure and you're like, you, you internalize it and make it about who you are as a person, that's when it gets sticky and bad. If you take any lesson and even the smallest little lesson, well, like, well, I won't call on a Tuesday at 9 a.m. again to this person. You're going to be in such a better place in your life, in your headspace, in your mindset, in your emotions than people who do the, they just let it eat them alive. Do not let rejection, failure, whatever you want to call it, turn into something that defines you. And let's say, okay, let's, let's talk about the recovery part of it. So great things happen when you're afraid, you're afraid. Um, you ask, you ask for it, you get rejected, then, um, well, maybe you ask for it again, another way, another door, another avenue, you get rejected. And then you get that note or that letter or that, that phrase that stabs you like, listen, you annoying little whatever, stay out and get out and what, okay, let's talk about the recovery process of that. Here's what you do. You write back or you call. And you say, I apologize for not, I'm sorry. Not, you're not sorry. You are not sorry. You are apologizing 
for maybe not doing what they expected, but you're that much more motivated to, to, to go get it, to go get them. And so keep going. And I apologize for that. I, I got you, I hear you. And I just hope that you have an amazing um, day and, you know, I hope your business rockets. And I'm always here if you need me. Always leave them with a, with a way to come back to you because they do, they remember you and they go, God, she never gave up. And then um, you have their business sometime down the road. You know, these burnt bridges are not worth the flipping matches. These burnt bridges, oh my God, have you ever had them come back 10, 12 years later? I have. And the other people didn't get another chance, but I did because I just said, I apologize. Have a great day. And I really do wish you the best. And then let it go. You know, it's the way you do things. It's the way. So it's not what, it's not what you do. It's the way you do it. I don't under, I guess I just don't understand why that's such a hard concept. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I think, you know, I like psychology and the holistic part of things, but I think it's yes. a lot of yes. how people's parents talk to them, how they talked about them, how they, if they built them up or tore them down or, you know, if, if, an, if they were afraid to say no, or if their parents never even made them ask, if their parents never made them face rejection, if their parents never, if they just did everything for them, I think that's a really foreign concept to people because I know my life, um, I, I vividly remember, and I don't know why, but I was at my grandparents' house and this was like when computers first came out and I would mm -hmm. always, the big, huge yes. Ones. And I would want to go play spider solitaire on my grandma's computer. Yeah. And I'd always ask my mom, can you ask grandma if I can go play on her computer? And she always asked for me. So in my present current life right now, I just got over a huge, huge, huge hump of where I was so afraid of rejection. I would never ask. I was just afraid that somebody would say no. And like, what's the worst thing that can happen when someone says no? So instead of, instead of her saying, why don't you go ask your grandma? Like, right? Like she would say, all right, I'll go find out. But that was your safe space. That was your comfort. And, but, but to get you out of your comfort zone, she would have said, you go ask her, you call her or you whatever. And then maybe, you know, maybe you'd be a little bit different now about things, but, but who knows? But I do believe that yes, who we're rearing, rearing and who, you know, how we're being raised, how we were raised absolutely has, uh, that is our yes. life. I mean, it is, I know people say like though the past, don't look at the past. Uh, you can be better. Yes, you can. Absolutely. You can change the past. I mean, you can change, you can change what you do from the past, um, by learning from it, but, but it's still, it still is, it's in you. My dad actually said something um, a few years ago. I think I was looking for new jobs, typical of me, but I was telling him about like, I applied for this and I applied for that and this person had got back. And he said something that stuck with me. And he said, if you don't knock on a door, it's never going to open. He's like, you could, you can continue knocking, keep knocking. And one door is bound to open for you. And so that's what I did. And I kept knocking and I kept knocking and I kept knocking. And thank God that my parents, you know, instilled the entrepreneurial spirit in me. But eventually I was like, you know what? I'm going to make my own damn door. 
So look at me now. This is what I'm doing. I made my own door. I don't need somebody to hire me and pay me full time and whatever. If you could just get your foot in the door, remember hearing that? Just get your foot in the door and then get, this will get your foot in the door. No more door. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want doors anymore. Like, I'm not knocking. I'm not opening door. No, I'm, like you said, I'm building my own door and they can knock on mine, but I'm going to encourage them to make their own doors too. And, you know, when you were talking about the past and how, what our parents, I was raised by a single mom and my mom, we were very close. And my, my mother, I just remember her saying, uh, for, gosh, for forever, Anemone Blue, you are so unique. And, and I'm like five years old, six years old, seven years old, eight years old, nine years old, 10 years old. You are so unique. You, you're Anemone Blue, you are so unique. And I just remember thinking, I'm unique. Like, hey, I'm unique. I am. I, well, you're not. I'm unique. Apparently, I'm unique. And then I grew up and I was like, yeah, I'm unique, just like the rest of us, right? Like, like that meme, right? Um, but she built that into my brain, like that that I am, and um, I believe it more now than ever. But you you have to tell people what you want them to be instead of telling them who they are. Like Alexi, you're just a just a mom, and you're you have a home business. You, you know, you're, you know, you'll, you're average. You People will tell you this stuff all the time. Oh, no, 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 no. You tell people that you are a light. You have something to offer. You are, you are going to do amazing things with this. Oh my gosh, you can't fail. You, you like go for this. You have to have those people in your corner. You have to have those people that'll build you up and support you and be there with you through every phase and every season. No and matter what. Absolutely. Well, Nems, I had such a great conversation with you. I think that this is so valuable just in general. We talked about the no love and trust factor, relationships in business and in life, understanding people. The word no, rejection, mm -hmm. um, empaths, just empathy for people. Uh, come on, love, love on each other. Okay. You don't have to like them, just love on each other. Okay. Yes. I mean, I mean, Alexi, sometimes you, you go down a path of what you want to talk about and it ends up totally somewhere else where it's meant to be. Always. I'm, I'm definitely a tangent person. I go on tangents. I go, my train of thought derails a few times, but you know what? The message is from the heart always. So I'm just happy that you're here and we were able to banter about this. You're my first ever podcast guest, which I'm so excited about. Oh God, you're a virgin. Okay. <laughs> Great. The podcast. We're going to have one drink of choice, but because you're my very first, I think that we need to do a second one. Uh, and we are yeah. cheersing to the fact that this is the inaugural Lexi's Lounge podcast. Right. Cheers, sister. Cheers, sister. I love you so much. I really do. I, Lexi, I'm coming out to see you. Okay. I thank you so much for having me as your first. And, um, I, I just, I adore you to death and anybody else who doesn't know her, Lexi or Lexi, or if you just came across this podcast, go check her stuff out. Believe me, it's worth it. Thank you so much for coming out to the lounge today. We sincerely appreciate it. Make sure to connect with us on social media. The links are in the description. Also, don't forget to show us some love in the review section. Don't miss the next episode about being a trailblazer and how cancel culture may be holding you back. I'll see you there.